Good morning once again, everyone. It is really uh, good to see your smiling faces. At least some of you are smiling. And uh, it's just good to, to see you. And I know the Lord enjoys to see us smiling at him. Because this service is really all about God. Amen? It's about God. And you know how we often say um, that it's about Jesus. And that is true. From our perspective, it's about Jesus. But can you imagine what it's about from his perspective? From his perspective, it had to be about us. For the Bible tells us that he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in should not perish but have everlasting life. So it just depends on the perspective. I'm glad to, uh, to, for those of you who came in late, we do have a pastor now. Uh, his name is Michael Morehouse, and we're very delighted that uh, this young brother is coming to work with us here in Portland, Oregon, and he has some Oregon roots. Uh, really glad to hear that. Glad to see uh, those of you who are visiting with us once again, uh, some of our young people here, uh, school is about to start, and I know you are excited uh, <laughs> about school starting. And uh, I can recall those days, uh, especially those days of getting ready for the beginning of school. So now let us turn our, our minds, our hearts toward God and, and, uh, and his precious word. Father in heaven, thank you so very much for allowing us to, to come before your throne. Our prayers takes us right into the most holy place, right before the throne of God where you've told us that if we have a need, we can come and receive mercy and grace. I pray that you will bless our service today, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. I think we understand the power of personal testimony. There are people who, who want you to buy their product, to buy their service, and even support their cause. And they, they use persuasive power of the testimony. And this is why we see familiar faces and names uh, advertising certain things because they're trying to persuade us through their testimony. There is something very persuasive about seeing and or hearing about a person whose life has been changed. It's even more powerful when we share that experience without nothing to gain, nothing personal to gain. In other words, we share the testimony and there's no advantage point. I'm not trying to get you to buy something. I'm not trying to get you to buy, to support a cause. I just want you to know what God is doing in my life. And sometimes we do this. And when we do, it is so powerful because there's no hidden agenda. You know, let's take a look at Matthew. Matthew 5. Matthew 5. 
14. Matthew 5, 14. Because you see, Jesus said that you are the light of the world. Don't hide your light. Don't hide the fact that he has changed you. That he is doing something wonderful in your life. 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. It is also repeated, this, this uh, Matthew 5, I want to go to Matthew 5 now and look at verses 19 and 20. 19 and 20. It says, Whoever therefore breaks one of these least of these commandments and teaches men to do so, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of God. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, go with me to Mark 5. Mark 5. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. We're looking at Mark chapter 5, and I want to look at this experience that Jesus had. Jesus had this experience with this demon-possessed man, and I think most of us know the story. He was demon-possessed. He had no clothes on, running around from tomb to tomb and harassing the people there in the community. But Jesus steps in, and he heals this demonic man. And after healing him, he says, I want to go with you, Jesus. As Jesus stepped into the boat, Jesus said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Now, this story is repeated in Luke 8, 26 to 39. But we can see here that Jesus believes in personal testimony. Now, John 4. John 4 tells us another, gives us another illustration of the personal testimony about the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. And so what does she do? After encountering Jesus, she goes and tells the city. And in verse 38, it says, many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So, verse 40, when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to say, to stay with them, and he stayed with them two days, and many more believers, and because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that he is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the word. But they did not come to that conclusion until they heard the woman's testimony. The power of the testimony. Today, each of us sitting here 
we have a testimony to give. Amen? We can share what God has been doing in our lives and how we are letting the light shine in our lives. And what do people see about what God has done in our lives? We're going to talk today to a few people where God has been moving in a mighty way in their lives. And so I'm going to ask Sister Cruz to come on up, her daughter, Alicia. And we're going to talk a little bit about how God has blessed them and what he has been doing for them. We're going to, you're going to become a public speaker before you know it, huh? <laughs> well, it's good to see you here. You've been coming regularly lately, and we're just delighted that you are here. And uh, I know the Lord has done something special for you. And uh, I think maybe a couple years ago, you had an issue with your leg. And you thought you were going to have to have it amputated. Is that right? Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Alicia's her interpreter. Feliz sábado para todos. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Can you hear her? Feliz sábado para todos. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Hace cuatro años uh, tuve una infección en el pie y tengo un diabetes descontrolado. Tenía, ahora está controlado. Y uh, mi corazón estaba mal. Y, y me dijeron que iban a amputar mi pie que lo iban a cortar y todo estaba mal le dijeron a mi familia que era posible que no resistiera la cirugía pero gracias a Dios aquí estoy ha hecho grandes maravillas en mi vida el Señor four years ago I was I, I had an infection on my foot and I had an uncontrolled diabetes. Um, at that time, it seemed like my leg was gonna be amputated. Um, and the doctor spoke to my family and uh, said that it was possible that my body wasn't going to be able to handle the surgery and I could pass away. Um, but God has done marvelous things for me and I am here today. Al siguiente año tuve otra cirugía y fue lo mismo, dijeron que a lo mejor no resistía la la cirugía y gracias a Dios aquí estoy. The following year something similar happened and I needed another surgery. They said the same thing, you might not be able to 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 handle the surgery, but I'm here. El siguiente año fue otra cirugía. The following year it was another surgery. Y pues gracias a Dios aquí estoy. And thanks to God I'm here. Y este año fue otra cirugía. And this year y I aquí had estoy. another surgery and I'm still here. Y Dios es grande, Dios es muy bueno. Le doy muchas gracias a él por lo que ha hecho en mi vida. 
Porque God is wonderful. He has done many things in my life and I thank him for everything that he has done for me. Mírenme, mírenme, yo soy un milagro de Dios. Look at me, I am a miracle of God. Dios ha hecho grandes cosas. God has done great things. El el intérprete uh, le dijo a mi esposo ora por mí porque tu Dios hace grandes cosas y the interpreter <laughs> the interpreter um, told my father please please pray for me because your God does wonderful things amen y, y gracias a Dios le doy muchas gracias a él porque estoy de pie estoy aquí con mis dos pies estoy caminando eh, ya hasta me habían probado una prótesis y dije bendito Jesús que no um, I am thankful that I am here that I am standing on my two feet and um, that, I, that I am here they had even I had even looked at possible getting a um, prótesis uh, getting another leg <laughs> getting prosthesis. A, a, yeah, prosthesis. Yeah. and um, but I'm here on my own two feet amen 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 the Lord has been good to you amen, amen. 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 Did you want to say something about how the Lord has blessed you? Um, yes, the Lord has blessed me um, because my mother is my biggest blessing. Um, my, through, the, through my life, my mom has had many complications due to health. Um, the first one that I remember is when I was six years old, um, she had, she had a, a pulmonary infection. And the doctors, we were in Mexico at the time, and the doctor said, Oh, to my dad, take your wife home. She's not going. She's not going to make it. Uh, so she should be comfortable at home. And my mom was saying goodbye to both my brother and I. And I remember her saying, "Please, please take care of my children. Take care of my children." And and you know she's here today. Amen. And um, God has done marvelous things in in our lives, but. To have my family with me, to have my mother, um, I don't think I would be the same person without her. Yes. And he has blessed me, and I am thankful that she gets to see my son, yes. and she gets to help me <laughs> with my son. And uh, you know, every day that God gives her is a blessing for for my entire family, and Amen. I am I am thankful to him. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you both very much. Amen, huh, church? Amen. amen, amen. Sister Scott, I know you haven't been at the church very long, but I know you have a story to tell us. Why don't you come on up and uh, share a little bit about how God is working in your life? Well, I was a member for several years in um, Fresno Asian Church in California. And I heard the, um, some of the ladies talking. Pastor Dayton Chong was a pastor there. And um, I heard the, the ladies talking that he'd been on dialysis for some time. And he needed a kidney. And uh, they were having a hard time finding someone who could donate because none, no one in this family uh, was a match. And they all, everyone in his family, tried to, to be helpful. 
and um, or and there were other people in the church, but they had cancer. They had cancer in their family, even even though hey, they had no cancer, uh, they couldn't uh, qualify for a match. So I inquired what um, Pastor's blood type was, and they said, well, he's type A, A positive. And I said, well, I'm A positive. And they said, well, just because you're A positive doesn't mean you'll be a match. And I said, well, you know, I could try. So that same day I went home and prayed and my prayer was, you know, before this, I was praying also each day, Lord, if there's any way you can use me, that I can, excuse me, serve you. Open a way for me to serve you. And so that day I was praying, went home and prayed and, and asked the Lord, you know, pastor needs a kidney, Lord, and if there's um, any way that you can use me, then I'm willing to to donate my one of my kidneys to pastor. It's okay. And um, anyway, I, I trusted the Lord. I said, I, I asked the Lord, I'm going to step out in faith and trusting you, Lord. And if it's meant to be, I know it'll come to pass. And if not, I still trust you. And so um, I went and talked to my doctor and got a good bill of health. No one in my family at that time had cancer. Um, and then I went and talked to my family. Some were okay with it. Some were kind of questionable, kind of questioned it. And said, what if someone in your family needs? What if one of your kids or someone in your family needs a kidney? Then you don't have one to offer because you already gave it. And I said to them, well, you know, not everyone in the family is a match. And that just because your family doesn't mean that that will work for you. And I believe that if God's using me in this way, if he uses <coughs> me in this way, that if I have a loved one that needs a kidney, God will provide it. And then I went to call the Chong's, and they were so excited that there was someone who was going to be able to at least go and get tested to see if it was a possible match. And there were several trips to um, San Francisco University uh, and um, many tests done. I also had um, uh, valley fever in the past. I had scars, a couple scars in my lungs and I proved positive for, for it several years prior with a uh, test like they do for a TB test. So after all these other tests were okay and my health was proven to be good, they, I told them about the valley fever and they go, oh, we, got, we have to send outside for a test for that. We can't test that in here. And if you do have valley fever and we didn't know it and you gave him a kidney, it could kill him. So we sent, they did more tests, and they were outside of that hospital. And the, I got a call at work that there was not a, there was no sign of any valley fever mm -hmm. in my body. It lay, people who get valley fever, it lays dormant for years and flares up every once in a while. 
So, and they x-rayed my lungs, my scar was gone, my spots were gone. I could, I just praise God. Amen. Because, and then we went through with the, um, the surgery, and which I was told was not an easy surgery to go through because there's always a chance of fatality because um, you go down very deep, under very deep. But God is great, and he blessed us both. Pastor Chong received his kidney, and I received great blessings from the Lord. And I was cured of my valley fever, so the Lord did two miracles. All right. One for Pastor Chong and one for me. Amen. And I'm grateful, and I'm very grateful to God, and I just praise him. I praise him to this very day. This was back in 2003. I was 53. He mm. was 50, and um, I praise God every day. And Amen. I'm just so very thankful for all that he does. And Amen. Amen. Thank you. So you were a perfect match. Yes. Amen. Our number, I called to find out our number because someone had said, well, what's your match number? And I said, I don't know. So I called to find out what our match number was. And they said, she, the nurse said, Donna, your match is so perfect. There is no number. She goes, your match is just perfect. All right. So I, I was and I praise God again. Yeah. I don't think my, my, the office there heard so many praise, praise the Lord <laughs> on the phone, you know. But, yeah. but I was praising God every Amen. time I talked to someone. That is tremendous. Thank you for sharing that. That's, isn't that wonderful? Amen? Amen. I mean, uh, this is not a family member she did this for. This was her pastor. And uh, so we just praise the Lord. Uh, Sister Cindy. Uh, Hello, church family. Happy Sabbath. I, I pray as I come to share my testimony that Brother Parker has asked me to do that it will be a blessing to you. Um, I'm praying that I can give you a quick snapshot within just a few minutes of what the Lord has recently done for me in my experience. Um, I want to start off with a promise in Psalms 32.8 that I claimed uh, to the Lord. It says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. And that's Psalms 32.8. When I graduated from OHSU nursing school recently, I didn't know the way that I was going to go. I didn't know what God had planned for me and what his next step was for me in my life. And so shortly thereafter, um, I was walking into a department store, and I was at the counter purchasing a piece of clothing, and I happened to be in my scrubs that day, and I had just gotten off of work. And the lady that was um, the salesperson was entreating me in conversation and I was really tired and I wasn't responding a lot but she kept kind of pushing at me to ask for more so I finally gave her my story and she told me that um, she actually works at Providence as a human resources 
um, in the employment department. She is like one of the directors. And as we kind of kept conversing, I didn't realize it, but there was a lady next to me that was listening to our conversation. And she bumped me on the elbow, and she says, I understand OHSU is a very hard school to get through. I also work for Providence, and I'm the director of inpatient nursing. And I thought, wow, how, how this can't be coincidental that I'm meeting two people from Providence Hospital, and I'm not looking for a nursing job right now because I don't have the time. And the Lord just brought it to me and put it in my lap. And when I left, right before I was getting ready to leave, she handed me her business card, and she says, I'd like to talk to you and find out what kind of nursing that you're interested in doing. And the other salesperson that I was telling you about that worked at Providence, she said to me, she goes, you make sure you follow up on this because it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I knew at that time that this was God's providence that he had put in front of me. So she also said that she was going to be gone for three weeks, and at the same time I was going to be gone for three weeks. So um, I did contact her a few weeks ago. And she was really excited to hear from me. And she has made an appointment for us to get together. But then I came to the Lord, and I said, but Lord, I still have a problem. I don't have a job, and I need a job now. And so I claimed the promise. I came to prayer meeting a few weeks ago, as I had been claiming this promise that says, bring all your tithes into the storehouse and prove me, saith the Lord. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall be not room enough to receive it. And the Lord has fulfilled this promise for me more than once, and he recently fulfilled it for me again. As I came to prayer meeting a couple weeks ago, I knelt down with a member from this church, and I said, I really need a job. I really am having a difficult time finding a job. Now that I'm a nurse, people don't want to hire me as a dental hygienist. Um, because they're afraid that I'm, you know, not going to stay with them. So all of a sudden, the Lord did exactly what he said he would do. He opened the windows of heaven for me. I ended up, to make a long story short, with more job offers than I can count on my hand right now. And I just praise the Lord. I had to say, Lord, I've had enough. Please don't send me any more. Jesus, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> and the Lord said, I just want to send you one more. Can I just have one more I want to send you? I mean, I was literally, I was talking myself out of the job in job interviews. That's how many job offers I had. And so I, my last job I walked into last week, I walked into it and I was just contracting. I was just filling in for the day. I had no intentions of taking a job there. But it, yet it was a very nice place. It was a place that I would want to work and it was a place that I felt really good about. And... The way it evolved was, in the end, I did get a job offer at the end of the day. I found out that they were looking for a hygienist for two months, and they couldn't find anybody. And you know what? I didn't even have to ask for the job. My patient asked for me to be hired there. My first patient said, doctor, you need to hire her. And he walked down the hall, and he says, well, I'll think about it. And then I met him in the lunchroom, and he said, well, where are you working, Cindy? And I says, well, you know, I kind of gave him my story of my nursing. And I said, you know, I think I, I would like to do nursing full-time, but I would like to work one day a week. And so he goes, oh, you know. And I went back to my patient. I finished the day. At the end of the day, 
the office manager came in to me and said, the doctor was really impressed with you. And I said, well, I don't know why, but he would like to hire you one day a week. And I said, well, that could be a problem because my schedule is really full and I don't really have any time right now. And they said, that's okay. We'll be willing to wait for you. When would you be available to start working for us? And I said, I wouldn't be available now until November. And they said, we can make that work for you. And I said, well, I have to change my schedule, and I have to see if another employer will move some days around. And they said, you know, let us know. Let us know. So I called the other employer, and they said, fine. We can make different arrangements. And so, you know, the Lord did it all. He really worked it out. I had no intentions of working for this doctor, but I just praised the Lord's name for what he has done and for the opportunities that he has given me. And in closing, I just um, wanted to share one thing with you um, that the Lord gave me this morning in the ministry of healing. Um, He says, Our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us, which we know nothing. Those who accept the one principle of making the service of God supreme will find perplexities vanish and a plain path before their feet. Mm. And this is what the Lord has done for me, and I just praise his name. Amen. Because God is good, and if we fulfill our part, the Lord fulfills his part. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Amen. I tell you, to have, I think at prayer meeting, she said they had 10 job offers, you know? That's wonderful. We have one more testimony. A.D. Keller is, uh, uh, you came into the, the church here when we were having some meetings uh, with um, Jeremiah Davis, and uh, he's still going strong for the Lord. Amen. So good to have you back in town. Thank you. Happy Sabbath. I um, eat nothing. I breathe nothing. I speak about nothing. I, I care about nothing but one message, and that message is the third angel's message, which is According to the pen of inspiration, righteousness by faith and verity. Um, And the reason why I said it like that, because my whole mission down in Phoenix, Arizona, the whole purpose of me going down there, the main reason why I was down there is to learn this message for for God to to don it on my mind, for God to like like by by faith, hammer it into my cranium so I can understand this. And the reason why it's like that, I'm going to give you my testimony, my short testimony on on the importance of that message and why God, by the power of the Spirit, had to take me from all of my family members and all of my people and just literally enclose me in himself and immerse me in his message. Mm. Message. It says, uh, Romans 9, 28, for he will finish the work. Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot about finishing the work. When I first came in at Adventism, I heard about finishing the work, finishing the work. We got to finish the work. We got to finish the work. We run around saying this, but we don't really understand. Well, what is the work to finish? Okay, let's finish the work, but what's the work that we got to finish? It says in Romans 9, 28, he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. So the Bible says that God will cut the the work short and he will finish it in righteousness. And I looked up the word in in the original language and it said by righteousness. And righteousness is only imputed or accomplished by faith. So the message of righteousness by faith, the third angel's message, that very message finishes God's work and it takes us to the kingdom. It takes us to the holy city. And when we understand that, when God showed me that and he started donning this on me, 
I said, Lord, this is everything. I mean, I said, I said, Lord, I don't need to be, li God had me shut off everything I was listening to and focus on this message and immerse myself in this message because this message, Romans 9, 28, uh, Testimonies, Volume 6, page 19, tells us it finishes God's work on earth. Volume 6, page 19 says that the message of Christ's righteousness is to be sounded from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth. This is the glory of God that closes the work of the third angel. Right. And when we're studying, we know that when the third angel's message closes, Great Controversy, page 613, that finishes the work. Jesus stands up in the most holy place. All the angels lay off their crowns, and Jesus says, it is finished. He makes the solemn announcement of the close of probation. So I'm like, Lord, this, you got to teach me this message. I'm, I'm begging you to help me understand this message. Please give me wisdom on this message. I'm crying out for wisdom for this message. I'm still crying out for wisdom. And I'm learning that God out of nowhere is just popping people up. And, and I'm asking people, they start talking about the message like in its full um, totality in a sense of, Lord, I understand it now. And I'm asking people, well, how did you come across that message? And they, I, I don't know. It just came to me. And that's how it came to me. It just, it just came. And this shows me that God is getting ready to close the work. That's why he got us studying in the Sabbath school lesson, the book of Galatians. Mm. That was the book that Galatians and the book of Romans was the two books that God used Jones and Wagner, mm -hmm. the 1888 messengers, uh, to turn their mind onto this message. So this is the message that finishes the work. I was even asking my brother Shannon because God turned his mind onto it. I said, well, how did you how did it get so how, how did you understand the message? How did it come to you? He said, bro, it just came. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, he, he's getting ready to close it. So I just wanted to just share that the importance of this message, that God really wants us to immerse ourselves in this message so much that he sent the Sabbath school lesson to get it to the entire church because he's getting ready to close the work. All right, all right. And so I just want to encourage my brothers and sisters to immerse yourself in this message. Mm -hmm. Bear God from James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and it shall be given him. Beg him to give you wisdom on this message and ask him to immerse you in it so we can get out of here and go home. Can amen. you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Now, before you go, before you go, <laughs> um, what, are you, what are you doing? I know you've left, you left uh, Arizona. You're in Portland. You're working. And what is God doing for you and through you here now that you've been back in Portland? I know he's doing something special. Oh, Amen. Right now, what we're doing in the church right now, we're talking to um, the, the leadership in the church about holding some Bible studies down on the message of righteousness by faith. God is sending young men in our church, praise the Lord, for us to really uh, move and do something. So we're in a process of, of holding Bible studies down. We're in a process of doing things and getting us and keeping us on fire. Because like Pastor Torres last week, fired us up. Dwayne Lemon last month, fired us up. But we want to keep it going. So we're in a process of um, holding Bible studies now. Getting ready to hold some Bible studies. Yes, sir. All right. Well, praise God. Thank you. It's good to have young people, huh? Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Good to see young people on fire for God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, God's goodness is to be made known. God's goodness is to be made known. But who will make it known? What we really need to be saying is, I will make it known. 
because I can't take responsibility for you and you can't take responsibility for me but I need to make it known his goodness for ye are my witnesses says the Lord in Isaiah 43 the period of mercy and privilege is coming to an end do you believe that say amen the people know not the time of their visitation in the church in the world we don't realize that this thing is about to wrap up or is the church fulfilling its commission is the church sharing the last merciful message of warning with others in this crisis that we are in where is the church to be found we know the world is asleep but is the church asleep how few of professed followers of Christ are burdened for souls now in prayer meeting we were looking at the, vine the vineyard God's vineyard and this is what the spirit of prophecy the, the, the Ellen White said that there are few who profess to follow Christ are burdened for souls the destiny of a world hangs in the balance but this hardly moves even those who claim to believe the most far-reaching truth ever given to mortals what's happening in our world is not moving our hearts toward telling the people warning the people there's a lack of that love that love that Christ had that caused him to leave heaven there is a stupor a paralysis upon the people of God which prevents them from understanding their responsibility is it unbelief is it the love of ease is are those things preventing God's people from pushing forward in a faithful march toward the new Jerusalem we have a great to a great degree we have lost the spirit of self-denial of cross-bearing many there are whose names are found in the book of heaven are not doing the work that they're to be doing there are many whose names are on the church books but who are not under God's rule there are, they are not heeding his instruction and doing his work therefore if we're not heeding his instruction if we're not doing his work then whose work are we doing? It's the work of the enemy. They are doing no positive good. Listen to what she says. Therefore, they are doing incalculable harm because their influence is not a savor of life unto life. It is a savor of death unto death. If we who profess to know God, to love God, we need to reach out and tell the people that this world is about to be canceled. It's going to come to an end. The Lord says, Shall I not visit for these things because they failed of fulfilling God's purpose? That is, Israel of old, the children of Israel were set aside and God's call was extended to other people. Now, the point is, is that if we don't do the work, 
then God will choose someone else to do the work. Let me just share with you Revelation coming to a close. Revelation 16, 13. Revelation 16, 13. He says here, reading 13 and 14. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that day of God Almighty. It's happening right before our eyes. It's happening, brothers and sisters. Let me read some more of what she says. She says, By the decree enforcing the institution of the papacy in violation of the law of God, our nation, the United States of America, will disconnect herself fully from, the righteous, from righteousness. And when Protestantism shall stretch her hand, where? Across what? The abyss, the gulf, to the hand of Rome. When she shall reach over the abyss to collapse hands with spiritualism, when under the influence of these threefold union, our country shall repudiate every principle of its constitution as a Protestant and Republican government and shall make provision for the propagation of papal falsehoods and delusions, then we may know that the time has come for the marvelous working of Satan and that the end is near. Through the two great errors, the immortality of the soul and Sunday sacredness, Satan will bring the people under his deceptions. And while the former lays the foundation of spiritualism, the latter creates a bond of sympathy with Rome. The Protestants of the United States will be foremost in stretching their hands across the gulf to grasp the hand of spiritualism. They will reach over the abyss to clap hands with the Roman power. And under the influence of this threefold union, this country will follow in the steps of Rome in trampling on the rights of conscience. Papists, Protestants, and whirlings will alike accept the form of godliness without its power. And they will see in this union a grand movement for the conversion of the world and ushering in of the long expected millennium. Elder Limnell mentioned in his prayer about the 500 year celebration of what Martin Luther did in 1517. Historians mark the Protestant Reformation with Luther's when he nailed the now famous 95 Thesis to the castle church door in Wittenberg, Germany. It sparked one of the world's greatest revolutions, one of the world's greatest religious upheavals witnessed on this earth. His theses were in response to the revealing spiritual abuses of that church. He represented the following truths, and these are the truths that Luther was trying to um, put before the people that they would understand the battle. He said the Bible as the only rule of faith and practice. Amen? 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 
Christ as the only way to salvation. Amen? Amen. Christ, not the Pope, is the true head of the church. Scripture is the ultimate authority, not the traditions of the Church of Rome. Scripture is not reserved only for leaders, clergy, and theologians, but to be read by and understood by everyone and prayerful study of the Bible, guided by the Holy Spirit, will lead the believer to an understanding of God's will for his life. You believe that? Martin Luther's life was inspired by Apostle Paul in Romans 1, verses 16 and 17. Let's read that together. Romans 1, and then we'll close. Romans 1. Romans 1, 16 and 17. It says, For I am not ashamed of what? Of the gospel of Christ. Come on, brothers and sisters. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to what salvation for everyone who believes it is the what the power of God to salvation for whom everyone who believes for the Jew first and also the Greek for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live how by faith by faith so we have a chance brothers and sisters to share some exciting news about what's coming October 31 2017 did you know that in 1999 the Catholics and Lutherans made an agreement a joint declaration that resolved many of their theological issues at the heart of the split that they had Did you know that they have agreed to come back together? Do you know that many of the ecumenical preachers of today are coming closer to Rome? Did you you not know that? Now, understand something, brothers and sisters. We're not talking about the people because many of the people don't know. They don't read their Bibles, and they don't know. We're talking about a system. Do we understand that? Because there will be more Catholics probably in the the kingdom of God than there will be anybody. There will be more non-Adventists in the kingdom than probably anybody. So what I'm saying to us is simply the fact that we are talking about a false religious system. There was a man, and you've probably seen it on YouTube, Tony Palmer. He was meeting with some ecumenical leaders of the church, and they had a a video that they were showing of the Pope, and they were all saying, uh, speaking in tongues and all this, saying that they believed and, and, and wanted to follow in concert with the idea that the protest is over. What is it that Protestants are protesting against? Protestants are protesting simply against the false teachings. That's what Luther was talking about, the false teachings. 
so we have an opportunity today and on behalf of Elder Maddox who is our personal ministries leader and also an individual who has donated some Signs of the Times magazines on the 500 year anniversary that you can read about this controversy and what's going on because it's important that we know for Hosea what 4 6 says my people are destroyed for what a lack of knowledge God wants us to know and to know the truth but he doesn't want us just to know the truth he wants us to live the truth amen so we have some publications out in the foyer and we would like for you to take as many as you think you would give away give away to friends relatives neighbors and you read it to make sure that you understand it should they ask you questions and then you give it away and we have some and we would like for you to take them we have about 400 with us today and you might want to take 10 you might want to take 5 you might want to take uh, 20 whatever but I'm urging us as someone mentioned earlier we need to get serious about serving God we need to get serious about doing the work of God we need to get serious brothers and sisters because as we can look and see the, 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 what happened in Houston something similar could happen in Portland Are we ready? And these things have been prophesied that things are going to get worse, not better. So who do you believe? Those who tell you that it's going to get better? Or the Bible that has told us that it's coming to an end? The Word of God. And I just want to ask you to pray. You've heard some things that maybe for the first time you've heard. But don't just, don't just reject it, study it. 